Hey, Christ community, I am so glad that you are tuning in today. Wherever you find yourself spiritually or emotionally, God wants to meet you in that place. I just want you to know you are not alone. He sees you, he loves you, and he is eager to meet you where you are. Uh, Before we jump into the message, I wanted to invite you to a journey that we as a church are going to be engaging in this fall. Starting the second week of September, we're going to be focusing on the theme of joy Um, I am so excited to share with you some of the things that I and others in our church have been learning about joy, how our brains are actually wired for joy. God created us for joy, but often we don't tap into that reality as much as we could. And so this fall, we're going to take seven weeks and talk about practical things we can do to deepen our experience of joy from a biblical perspective. Now, just a little teaser Um, One of the things we're going to discover is that joy is relational. And so this series can have a huge impact on marriages, on parent-child relationships, on friendships, on our church as a whole, which means that one of the best ways to engage this material is to do it with other people in a small group that you're currently in, or maybe you can pull some people together and do a group for that seven weeks, or you can join an existing group. If you want more information about our groups, how to get in a group or start a group or whatever, go on our app under the journey section, or you can click the link under this video. Well, today we are nearing the end of this six-month-long journey where we've been walking verse by verse through this amazing sermon that Jesus gave in Matthew chapters 5 to 7. In this sermon known as the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus describes what it looks like to live as people of his kingdom, to live our lives according to his values, according to his heart. Well, today we find ourselves in Matthew 7, verses 15 to 23. And in this passage, Jesus talks about something that can derail us from pursuing his kingdom. And that something is false prophets or false teachers, which is an an incredibly relevant topic for us today. I mean, when I started my job here 31 years ago, if I wanted to hear a well-known pastor teach on the subject of, say, prayer, I would have to like order a catalog from their ministry and then I'd get the catalog and then I'd order cassette tapes by sending in a check and I'd have to wait a couple weeks for the package to arrive. I mean, it's hard to even remember and fathom what life was like before the internet. I mean, now if I want to hear, if we want to hear a teaching on prayer, we literally have immediate access to thousands and thousands of sermons and videos and podcasts, and not just from well-known pastors and teachers. We now have access to all sorts of people who claim to be communicating God's truth. But are they? I mean, with the amount of information and teaching that are out there, how do we know what is truly helpful and God-honoring and what is not? That's a really important question because the reality is we are all influenced and shaped by what we listen to, by the voices and the spiritual perspectives that we are hearing and watching, which is why Jesus gives us this very strong warning in Matthew 7, verse 15. Check this out. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Jesus is warning us to be on our guard for people who are claiming to speak for God, but in reality, they're not speaking for God. They are false 
prophets. Jesus says they are like wolves in sheep's clothing. They are masquerading as sincere followers of Jesus, and, and they can quote scripture, but they actually bring destruction. I mean, if Jesus' words were relevant in the first century, when there was maybe you know, where, where there were maybe 500 religious teachers in Israel, his words are a thousand times more relevant for us today. I mean, anyone with a phone can create a video claiming to be teaching the Bible. I was talking with a 13-year-old neighbor kid the other day who who had just got just received a phone for his birthday, and he had already created this dirt bike video with some pictures and music behind it. He already had 417 views. He, he had like 1,100 followers, and he had had his phone for two days. I mean, this is our reality. <clears throat> there are literally hundreds of thousands of people who are putting out there via YouTube and social media their ideas about God and about the Bible. And in a very real sense, many of the, you know, they're, they're, they're prophets, right? And the way Jesus uses the term here, in a very real sense, they're prophets. They are claiming to speak God's truth, and they're influencing millions of people, which brings us back to the relevance and the importance of Jesus' warning. Watch out for false prophets. Watch out for people who are claiming to be followers of Jesus, who are claiming to speak for God, and yet in reality, they're not speaking for God. Jesus is warning us our spiritual journey can be negatively impacted by who we are choosing to listen to, which raises the, the, the obvious question, how do we know what is from God? How do we discern who's a false prophet and who is truly speaking for God? Well, well Jesus tells us, look with me at verse 16, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Now, this, this is an absolutely brilliant answer and a very important one for us. What Jesus is describing here is a very thoughtful evaluative process that happens over time. This is not a knee-jerk, slanderous, reactionary response. It is a prayerful, thoughtful discerning over a period of time. And what, what I find happening a lot these days are these self-appointed heresy hunters who, who take a line from someone's sermon here and another line from someone there, either from the sermon there, and then they put them together and they build this case as to why this person is a false prophet because of some theological point that they happen to disagree with. And then they go on YouTube and they accuse this pastor of all sorts of things and they get thousands and thousands of views. But they never attempt to talk face to face about their concerns with the person that they're accusing. See, that, that, that approach, that approach, you know, fosters this self-righteous, kind of knee-jerk, judgmental way of viewing other people. And, and the person doing so often ignores the plank in their own eye. I mean, just because I disagree with someone on certain theological points doesn't make them a false prophet. Now, on the other hand, there are a whole lot of folks who see all this happening and they think to themselves, who am I to evaluate what this person is saying? 
they have a Bible degree from some seminary. I don't have a Bible degree, you know. You know, they know more verses than me or whatever. So what they're saying must be true. And Jesus says, no, don't sell yourself short on this. All of us need to be discerning. All of us need to be discerning and to be careful about who we listen to, who we're allowing to influence us. And the way to discern that is by thoughtfully examining the fruit they're producing. Okay, so what fruit is Jesus talking about here? Well, there, there are two key measurements that Jesus urges us to use. The first is the fruit of their character, the fruit of their character. He talks here about a wolf in sheep's clothing. In other words, this is someone who is, who is pretending on the outside to be something that they're not on the inside. This is a character issue. Is this person the same person in the pulpit or on the video as they are at home behind closed doors? Or are they portraying something in public that they don't live out in private? I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this in the, the message version. He says this, Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practiced sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off some way or other. Don't be impressed with their charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. That is so good. I mean, don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Does this person's character reflect the character of Jesus, the, the, the values of his kingdom? Now, what's so cool is that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us a very clear description of what kinds of things to be looking for. Earlier in the sermon, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who know that they're not perfect. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are those who treat people with mercy and who bring peace wherever they go. Jesus says, these are, are the markers of someone who is genuinely following me. Now, obviously, no one is perfect. Every podcast, every sermon is being delivered by someone who is broken, who has struggles. So we're not talking here about perfection, but we are talking about someone who has a genuine relationship with Jesus and is allowing Jesus to transform them. A godly influencer is one who is willing to see their brokenness, to admit their weakness, and in humility, let Jesus shape that. There is an intimacy with Jesus that is transforming them, and you can tell in how they speak and how they treat others. Right now, we are in the midst of a pretty significant exposure in the, the body of Christ of a number of high-capacity, high-profile celebrity pastors and leaders who were able to draw a large crowd and get thousands of views on YouTube and large church, all that. But underneath the surface was a really unhealthy person with lots of pride and selfish ambition and control issues and narcissism. I mean, these people had an incredible vision to do great things for God, but that vision collapsed because of a lack of character, a lack of intimacy with Jesus, a lack of the humility and purity of heart and peacemaking that Jesus taught and valued. And there's a ton of relational and spiritual devastation left in their wake. 
Now, now here's the challenge and the irony of, of me talking about this. I've struggled with these things. I realize how my heart pursues, easily pursues selfish ambition, you know, trying to use this church to prove my value. I've been working on this for years. So again, this is not about perfection, but it is a legitimate caution uh, uh, when evaluating who we're listening to. This is a legitimate caution when we're evaluating who we're listening to. Is this person humble enough to admit their pride and their control issues? Are they working on it? Or are they continuing to run over people to further their agenda? This integrity and character piece also includes sexual integrity. Over the past several years, a number of high-profile pastors and speakers and leaders and authors have been involved in sexual immorality, pursuing a secret life of affairs, prostitutes, using their power to obtain sexual favors. It is heartbreaking and devastating. Now, does that mean that this negates anything good that these people had ever done for God? You know, that we need to burn any books that they've written and dismiss any and all teachings that they've ever done? I mean, it's not that simple. God uses people in spite of their brokenness and sin. I think we need to be really careful that we don't cancel everything good someone has done just because of their brokenness and immorality. But at the same time, Jesus calls us to evaluate the people we're listening to, to look at them through this lens of character. Look at what Jesus says next in this passage. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, 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 did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? And in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now, this seems to be directed at leaders, people who are involved in ministry, prophesying in Jesus' name. In other words, they are speak, they're claiming to speak for God. I mean, that sounds like fruit, ministry fruit. <clears throat> but there's a problem. They personally are not living according to the will of the Father. In other words, their lives are not aligned, their lives are not aligned with the teaching of Jesus. Quite the opposite. In fact, notice how they're they're arguing their case by talking about the wonderful things they did. Look at what I did, right? That's the problem. They're, they're claiming to follow Jesus as Lord, but they're not living like Jesus. And the big reveal is in the last statement. Jesus says to them, I never knew you. Notice he doesn't say, You didn't know me. He says, I didn't know you. You didn't let me into your heart in a transformative, intimate way. This was all about you, not about me. Jesus is clearly warning us to watch out for leaders, for podcasters, for influencers, for pastors and authors who claim to know Jesus as Lord, but whose lives don't reflect the character of Jesus. Now, one of the challenges in this is that often we don't have the opportunity to get to know what these people are really like. I mean, the closest we can get to them is maybe to follow them on Instagram or, or Twitter. And, and this just reminds me, this is one of the blessings of being part of a local church. One of the huge values, one of our huge values as a church is accessibility and approachability. If you want to get to know me or any of our pastoral staff or leaders, we would love that. 
we would love to hang out over a cup of coffee to get to know you and, and for you to get to know us. We're here. <laughs> I'm here. I don't have a group of bouncers who whisk me off the stage when the service is over. <laughs> I'm in the lobby. My email address is on our website and app along with all of our staff. So feel free to reach out to any of us. Now, the second key measurement that Jesus urges us to use in evaluating spiritual teachers and influencers is the fruit of their ministry. The fruit of their ministry. Check out what Jesus says um, back in chapter 5 of this Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. See, notice Jesus says that anyone who teaches other people to follow him, the way he says we're to follow him, will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who sets aside the commands of Jesus and teaches other people to set aside the commands of Jesus will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, they are false prophets. Okay, so here's how I would articulate this aspect of fruit that Jesus is urging us to use as an evaluative tool. Does this person's teaching, influence, and ministry in my life stir in me a greater desire to follow Jesus? See, that's the bottom line. When I listen to this person, do I want to follow Jesus more closely? Am I more willing to obey him and to pattern my life according to his kingdom? This is clearly Jesus' criteria for us evaluating who we're listening to. But, it, but is, that the, is this the criteria that we, we typically use? See, the reality is the kingdom that Jesus has been teaching about in the Sermon on the Mount is in direct opposition to another kingdom that is fully operational in our culture today, the kingdom of self. The kingdom of self, that's who's on the throne most often in our culture, the God of self. And that's how, that's often how we evaluate whether or not we will listen to someone. Does this person make me feel good? Does this person entertain me? Do they affirm my lifestyle choices regarding my money or my political views or my sexuality or my definition of success? See, often it's not about Jesus being Lord. It's about me being Lord. And, and who then can I listen to that affirms my personal views, that, that affirms my, my personal desires and opinions? In other words, who can I listen to that encourages me to continue to be king of my life? There's this fascinating and honestly a bit uh, disturbing description of this in the book of 2 Timothy, where Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to his, um, his son in the faith, Timothy, and he's warning him about false teachers. It's, it's amazing how often this subject is found in the New Testament. Um, so check out what, what Paul says to Timothy and see if this is, is mildly relevant to our society today. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, 
they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want them to hear. Wow, and Paul warns about a time when believers in Jesus will no longer put up with sound doctrine. They'll not be interested in, 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 in any teaching that might correct them or rebuke them or make them uncomfortable in any way or challenge the way they're living. No, Paul says that instead what they do, they will gather around them a great number of teachers who will say what their itching ears want to hear. What a powerful description. In other words, they will only listen to people who will affirm their own bias, who will affirm their own view of God and their own desires and life and the lifestyle that they want to pursue. Paul was concerned about this back then, like 2,000 years ago. And, and this, I mean, this was before the internet. It is unprecedented. Our ability right now, our ability, each one of us, our ability to gather around us a group of teachers and podcasters and pastors and YouTubers, all of whom can quote the Bible. The question is, are they saying what our itching ears want to hear? Or are they, are they stirring in us a greater desire to follow Jesus more closely, to pattern our lives after his teaching, no matter what the cost? What this means is that we need to be really, really familiar with the teachings of Jesus. We need to be in the Word and letting His teachings saturate our hearts and our minds. Now, now you may think, oh, that sounds overwhelming, and uh, do I need a seminary degree and all that stuff? No, listen, it's not overwhelming. In fact, what if, what, think about this. What if we just started with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount? Three chapters. <clears throat> What if we just started with that? What if we evaluated the podcasters and pastors and teachers that we're listening to? What if we evaluated them through this lens? Does this person's teaching stir in me a greater desire to live my life according to the Sermon on the Mount? For instance, does this person's teaching encourage me to treat people with greater levels of mercy and to love my enemies? Not long ago, someone asked me to listen to a sermon that they had watched on YouTube because it, it had raised a bunch of questions in their own mind. And, and so as I'm watching this video, I started to notice how angry this speaker seemed towards people that he disagreed with and how he made these black and white statements that created this us versus them mentality, the separation of who's in his camp and who's not. And after listening to this for a while and hearing angrily quoted Bible verses, you know, I, I realize that he is not pointing me to Jesus. He's not pointing me to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He's not pointing me to a Savior who loves people and is pursuing a relationship with him. He's pointing me to this angry version of, of Christianity that's more interested in building walls of separation than it is in moving with compassion toward lost people with whom I disagree. Again, this question, does this pastor, this teacher, podcaster, whoever it is we're listening to, does this person stir in me a greater desire to follow Jesus and to love him above all else and to treat other people the way he in the Sermon on the Mount says that we are to treat other people? I mean, there are plenty of influencers out there who use lots of Bible verses to convince us, for instance, that God wants us to be rich. I mean, tell that to our friends in Uganda who meet under a tree for worship because they don't have a church building. 
Does God really want them to be rich? I mean, Jesus has some pretty strong warnings in the Sermon on the Mount about what riches can do to our hearts. He also has some very strong words to say about our sexuality and and the goodness and the importance of pursuing purity in that area. Are the people we're listening to stirring in us a greater desire for sexual wholeness? I mean, there, there are other teachers and influencers today who use fear to gather an audience. Um, and it's working, you know, uh, at some level. Fear of this happening in the future, fear of this political situation or this economic circumstance or whatever. And yet in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says to us, why are you worrying about these things? You can trust your heavenly Father. Are the people we're listening to stirring in us greater levels of peace and trust in our heavenly Father or greater levels of fear? Now, speaking of fear, there are a lot of influencers out there who, who speak in angry tones about a God who is constantly disappointed or angry at us, and he requires greater levels of sacrifice and obedience in order for us to truly please him. And so the message that we hear is that of, of greater duty and obligation, that we've got to do more in order to get on, God, you know, get on God's side and, and try to get him so he's not mad at us. And <clears throat> What's missing in their message is the gospel. I mean, the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It, it, is, it is in our acknowledgement of our brokenness and our need that Jesus meets us. It's not about us cleaning up our lives in order to receive his approval. It's about us receiving his life and his forgiveness. It's, it's our faith in him and his work that releases his power to work in us and transform us. So does this influencer stir in me a greater experience of the Father's love for me in Christ or a greater sense of my disappointment and or of, of disappointment and, and my own failures? The, the love of our Heavenly Father is what transforms us, not our effort and our duty and obligation. See, those are just some examples. All I'm describing here is us using the teaching of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, as a template to evaluate, for evaluating who we're listening to. Not so that we become these public watchdogs who are constantly accusing you know, people of false teaching. No, no, no. This is for our own soul. This is for our own soul, using discernment to, evaluating, to evaluate who is influencing us. And let me just tell you, all of you listening, you can do this. You have the, the, the ability to evaluate people. It, it doesn't matter how many seminary degrees this person on YouTube has or how big their church is or how many followers they have or how many Bible verses they quote. No, 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 this is, this is about you using your mind and heart to evaluate for yourself whether or not this person is pointing you to Jesus and is stirring in you a greater desire to follow him. If that's not what this person is stirring in you, Jesus would say to you, then why are you listening to them? I want you to, Jesus would say, I want you to listen to people who point you to me, who stir in you a greater desire to follow me. That's the heart of Jesus for us. In the midst of the millions of voices who are claiming to speak for God, Jesus urges us to evaluate the fruit of this person's life and the fruit of their ministry in our lives. 
That's so important. Let's pray together. So as we engage with the Lord in prayer, I want us to take a moment and pray for those who have been victims of spiritual abuse. Pray for healing for those who have been hurt and disillusioned by the way they've been treated by leaders, Christian leaders, or the culture they've been a part of as a result of these leaders. And Father, we pray for those in our lives, people we know, loved ones that maybe are being misled, that maybe are being influenced by people who are not um, true prophets, the way you describe it, who are not pointing people to follow you as described in your teaching. And so we pray for them. God, would you open their eyes and their hearts to see truth and to run to you in that. Now, I want to take a, a few moments here in prayer, and I want, I want all of us, if you're watching, I want you just to take a moment and evaluate the people that you're listening to, how each one of these people are influencing you. So as you're thinking about those podcasts you listen to, the people, pastors, whatever, does this person stir in you a greater desire to follow Jesus, to obey Jesus? And for those that do, praise God. Thank God for those people. Thank you, Lord, for these people who are influencing us in positive ways and encouraging us to more deeply follow you. But let's also evaluate maybe speakers, influencers, maybe there are some in your life who are stirring in your heart fear or anger or greed, or condemnation, or self-righteousness, a judgmental attitude, things that don't reflect the teaching of Jesus, that don't reflect the heart of God. Maybe there are others who are saying what we want to hear, what our itching ears want to hear, rather than pointing us to what Jesus says. And so as those are coming to mind, what does God want you to do with regard to those, those influencers in your life? So Father, I ask, I want to pray on behalf of everyone watching and engaging in this. I, would you give us wisdom and courage to discern who we're listening to. Help us evaluate the fruit of their life and the fruit of their ministry in our lives. Not so that we can become heresy hunting public watchdogs, but rather so that each one of us can guard and steward the kingdom work that you are wanting to do in us. So we pray for this, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.